Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm David, and I'm here to give you a little bit of information about teens, families, relationships in general. And today, like all other episodes, I got a question, or I'm answering some sort of question that's been looming in my mind, something that's happened recently with some clients of mine. But today, this time, I have a question from one of our listeners that DM'd me. And so the question is about a teenager that they want to support and help that unfortunately has been through a very horrible trauma. But before I get to the question, I just want to remind you guys, 1-800-CONTACTS is still our community supporter. They're still helping us out, and we still want you to go get contacts from 1-800-CONTACTS. This is not a hard sell. This is just a sell to tell you they got great contacts. They help out, light the fight, and many things in their community. So go check them out. If you need contacts, don't think about it. Just go get them from 1-800-CONTACTS. Now, with the question, today's question, a little preface slash trigger warning. This question is about sexual assault, more specifically sexual assault that has occurred um, to a young woman from a mother that sent in this question. So I always want to pay special reverence and respect to these questions because even though you may see this clip on Instagram, even though this is topics that are very important to share, I think it's important to share it in a way that is being sensitive to what's going on with this family Obviously, I'm not going to say who the family is, but I'm going to say that anytime someone has gone through uh, any major trauma, specifically if it's a a young person that's gone through a sexual trauma, it should be dealt with the seriousness that it deserves. And also, I want to give you guys suggestions and ideas and remind you, just like our disclaimer says, this is not my attempt to try to therapize you. This is not therapy. So if you listen to this podcast and this information helps you out, please do not tell someone that your therapist said because... Even though I am a therapist, I'm not necessarily your therapist. And on this podcast, I can't give actual mental health advice. But in this question, I will be weighing in on about some things that I think can be helpful to support your child or loved one that has been sexually assaulted. And especially if they're a teenager or a young person, it's going to be a little bit different of approach versus if you're helping out an adult. So let's get to the question. How would you suggest as parents we best support our 16-year-old daughter who was raped? She wants to forget about it and move on. Should we support her in that or try and get her to report it? What resources, support groups are there for her and for the parents after something horrible like this? First of all, thank you for sending in this question. My heart really does go out to you. Having... um, sat across from many teenage girls and sometimes I was the first person they'd ever confessed being sexually assaulted in any way, shape or form. And many times I was also required to report it. I was the first person that they trusted to report it. I can tell you from personal experience, well, it's professional and personal experience that some people do not want to talk about it. Some people that I've worked with, It took me quite some time to get them to give me the details and talk about it in a way that I could report it. Now, in my situation, if something like this has happened and it's been 
told to me, I have to report it. Now, in a parent situation that you know it's happened and they've said it's happened, but they don't want to talk about it, that can be very frustrated, be frustrating because A, you're not a mandated reporter. B, if you were to just say, hey, we're going to report it, that could really hurt your child a lot more. So I'm not telling you that any parent listening to this or anyone listening to this that has someone in their life that's a young person that has been sexually assaulted, I'm not telling you just to go run off and just say, hey, listen, we're going to report that something happened to you, even though we have no information or any details, any person, uh, but we're just going to report it regardless of what you think. So my heart goes out to the parents in many ways, but also my heart goes out to them because this is a difficult decision to make. Now, I know for me, when I hear these things, I tell the teenager that I have to report it, that I cannot keep this a secret. And I also tell them that if they were to give me information and I was able to share that information, then that reporting would be a lot easier for me, a lot more effective, and uh, I'd be able to get them the help that they need. Now, if they refuse and say, I'm not going to give you any information, I tell them, well, I have to report it anyways. And if I report it, that means someone's going to come to your house, someone's going to talk to you. And if you choose not to tell them anything about it, that's your choice. I just encourage them that they do talk about it and they do open up about it. It's a little bit different because my relationship is different with them. And like I said, I am a mandated reporter. I have to report it. With parents, it can be a little bit trickier. Some parents don't want to ruffle the feathers. They see that their kid is traumatized. And so because of that, they, they are very cautious, which I get why they're cautious. So for those parents, if your kid's not going to therapy or counseling, I do suggest that you take them to therapy or counseling. And you can tell the therapist or counselor that this happened and try to get the therapist or counselor to talk to them and get them to express and share those things. Another thing that happens is that the therapist can report it. That way it takes you, the parent, out of the equation of having to be the good guy or the bad guy. And I don't mean that you'd be good if you report it and bad if you didn't. What I mean is that your child may think that you're bad for not listening to them if they didn't want you to report it or that you're wrong for forcing them to talk about it. A therapist, on the other hand, can get a different relationship with your child, can have the skills necessary to open up the dialogue and the conversation with your child, get your child to feel safe enough so that the reporting is more effective because they're more willing to share the information about what happened. It's, it, it's so difficult to imagine a young person. Now, if you've never had this happen to you, which I hope it hasn't happened to you, but if you've never been sexually assaulted, especially in your youth, it's so difficult to get a young person to talk about something that's so hard, so painful, and something that rightfully so that they don't want to relive and they don't want to talk about it. Now, I have had a number of young people that were brave and courageous and capable of standing up for themselves and doing what is right, and they were able to tell me and they were able to allow me to report it and give me all the details that I needed. Even those young people, even though they're brave and courageous, they still struggled and they still doubted whether they were doing the right thing. They still didn't want to go to court. They still didn't want to talk to a detective. They just still didn't want to go through all these things. And they also realized that if they didn't do those things, it could possibly happen to someone else. They could regret it later on in the future. So they chose to make those decisions and report it and talk about it. My tool or my suggestion for the parents, though, get them to therapy if they're not already in therapy. Allow the therapist the chance to use their relationship with them because your kids may open up to the therapist and tell them things and feel more comfortable to tell them that they wouldn't feel comfortable telling you. 
you could have a great relationship with your kids. You could be a parent that's that prides yourself on your kid opening up and talk to you about almost anything. And in this circumstance, this might be different. So go to therapy if you're not going to therapy. If you are going to therapy and their therapist can't get them to open up and talk about it, I'm assuming the therapist will still report it. And if they don't report it, ask them why. Say, I thought you were supposed to report it. You know, kind of inquisit, you know, inquire a little about what's really going on. I'm not assuming that any therapist would not follow through with their mandate and report it. Sometimes therapists take a different approach and they say, well, I don't want to lose the relationship. So there's nothing to report. So I'm not going to report it. Get some information from someone else that's talking to your your child that can help them talk about it. Now, what can you do at home if your kid's not going to therapy or if they are going to therapy, but they just don't want to talk about it? I would suggest that you work on building the relationship so it can become so trustworthy, meaning they trust you so much that they can trust that you will handle this information and not freak out about this information. Maybe you're a parent that is freaked out about other things throughout your kid's life and your kid says, gosh, if my parent can't handle these other disappointments, these other struggles, these other mistakes I've made, how could they possibly handle something so severe like someone doing this to me? Some kids tell me that they're fearful that their parents will take them seriously, if people will believe them. I tell parents, like I'm telling you right now, do not try to question your kid to try to get information from your kid because it may sound like you're uh, interrogating them because you're not really confident. Some parents I've worked with before that their daughters had admitted that they were sexually assaulted, raped, you know, abused, what have you. And the parents flat out told me, well, my daughter's dramatic. My daughter's all these things and we can't trust her. She's always lying. So we don't want to get a boy in trouble that didn't do anything. We don't want to make a big deal of it. And I just reminded them, that's not your decision to make. Let's say your daughter is lying. So I play the devil's advocate for a second. If your daughter's lying and making up a big lie like this, there's something else going on. That's not a normal lie that a girl would make up that was healthy and then had this trauma happen to her. Now, that means there's some other things. That's some sort of a notification trying to tell you that something's out of place and something's wrong that would cause your child to go to such extreme measures to get attention. And in most of the cases, it's not the situation at all. It's not that they're lying. It's about something did happen. They just seem unsure about how to talk about it, so it comes across as if they're not telling the truth. That could be a big mistake. I don't want parents to try to be the judge and jury to determine whether your kid's lying or not. If your kid tells you that this has happened, you should take it very serious. Something that you can do immediately after you know, you've gotten knowledge of this information is tell them that as much as you do not want them to suffer from this and hold this inside, you don't blame them for not wanting to talk about it. Validate their pain, their struggle with specific statements like, Hey, I don't blame you for telling me you don't want me to report it. You don't want me to talk about it with anyone. If I were you, I'd probably feel the same way. I'd probably think the same way. Go down that line of um, statements for a little while. Tell them, like, I get it. I'm sorry this shouldn't have happened to you. This is so painful. And then when the time's right, it could be in that conversation or it could be after that conversation. I want you to tell them, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for believing me that I could handle this information. And I also want to let you know that I I think I need to reach out to someone to ask for help with this, either a therapist, law enforcement, 
some sort of vi victim advocate, which by the way, the last part of the question, we will be posting some of those resources that the mom asked for um, here in the state of Utah. Again, if you're not in the state of Utah, it'll at least give you an idea of some, some uh, agencies and some resources that you could reach out to in your own area. But after you tell your kid that you need help with this, it now takes off the responsibility for you, mom or dad, to have all the answers. You don't have all the answers or something serious like this. In fact, in most cases, most people have never gone through this before and they don't know how to react. I've had some people say, who is it? I'm going to go kill this kid. I'm going to go kill this person. And they want to act revenge on that person. And I get that. That's totally normal. It's totally natural. And I don't think it does you, the parent, any good to be in jail for trying to put your daughter's assailant in jail. I don't think it's going to help anything if you, you know, physically harm someone or even, you know, really hurt someone or possibly kill someone for what they did to your daughter. Now you have to pay the legal consequences and the price for what you did, despite whether you had a good reason or not. The law doesn't usually look at it as like, oh, well, their kid uh, got raped, so now they have permission to go kill someone else, in particular the person that did it. I don't, I'm not a lawyer, I'm, I'm not a, um, a judge, so I, I can't give legal advice, but from my estimation, that's probably not likely going to end up you getting a pass for severely hurting someone. There's uh, a legal process that has to be taken, and part of that process starts with reporting, starts with dealing with law enforcement, and potentially even going to court. This is what I suggest to everyone. That's why the system's there, is for reasons like this. We have to use those resources in that system. Easier said than done. To get a relationship with your kid and to get them to trust you that you're going to reach out for help, that's very important. If your kid tells you things like they've, like teenagers have told me before, such as, if you tell anyone, I'll never forgive you, I'll be so mad at you, or I'll just take my life, I'll kill myself. I've heard some pretty intense things that came from teenagers that were so fearful that I was going to share the secret and their pain, and they're so embarrassed about it that they threatened that they would never talk to me again. They threatened that they would take their life. And when they said that, you know, they'll never talk to me again, I said, well, at least uh, you'll be alive to be mad at me. When they say, okay, well, I'll take my life if, if you report this, then I talk to them about why exactly do they have such a strong reaction if it's not a big deal and if it's something they could deal with on their own. These are the ways I would address that. If you're a parent, you can do the same thing. You'd say, well, I don't want to hurt you and make it harder for you, but why would you think me reporting it, me keeping you safe, why do you think that would make it harder on you? Let them explain to you why they think it's that way. Just because they think it's that way doesn't mean it's actually that way. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to struggle by reporting it. Now, again, on the other side, it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to get immediately better after you report it. So those are my suggestions. Get them some therapy. Get them some professional help. Look at the resources that are in your community, in your area, for survivors of sexual assault, for trauma, those types of things, support groups, grief counseling, um, trauma counseling, and uh, check out some of the resources for women and young women that have beaten, been beaten, abandoned, abused, sexually assaulted, those types of things. You can find lots of great support in those communities. And more importantly, you can get knowledge and information. Well, I shouldn't say more importantly. Equally as important as the support, you can get knowledge and information of what to do by people that have already been through it and they're further ahead in the process. Having an advocate go with you to court. I've been to court with young women before and I was very glad I was able to be there because I could see their fear trembling 
shaking as I sat next to them and them looking across the courtroom from the person, their perpetrator who did that to them. These are all things that require extra support and extra knowledge and understanding. The best knowledge and understanding can come from other people who have been through similar situations and the best support can come from other people who have been through similar situations. So I really, uh, um, I believe that there's some good nuggets of information there for the mom that asked this question. As I mentioned a little bit ago, we're going to be putting those links of those different types of resources here locally in Utah. If you don't live here in Utah, look for ideas and these resources that you could find in your state and your community. And again, you guys, it hurts me to say that, um, that I've, I've worked with a lot of young women that have had this happen to them. And it also hurts me to say that every woman I've ever loved in my life, my mom, my grandmother, my sisters, every one of them had experienced some sort of type of sexual, physical abuse or mistreatment throughout their lifetime. These things grow in silence. Now, if someone in your life says, I can't deal with this, I don't want to deal with this, you know, I don't blame them for feeling that way. However, if they haven't gone through it, if they haven't dealt with it in the past, it's going to be difficult for them to make that decision. So instead of arguing with them, just tell them you love them, you appreciate it, and you also feel the need to do something about it to keep them safe, even if they don't feel like they're in danger. Because usually people will minimize their struggles, what they're going through, to get people to stop talking about it because they're not ready to talk about it, or at least they're not ready to share about it. And there's no real good time to share about those things. That's why I leave it up to therapists, leave it up to crisis counselors, leave it up to advocates and people that have worked in this situation these in these spaces for a very long time instead of feeling that you have to answer those questions for them okay guys thank you for uh sending this question and i know that was a little bit of a deeper question a heavier question but as always i appreciate your trust and your belief that i can weigh in on these things and give you guys good helpful suggestions and ideas and until next time thank you for helping us to light the fight As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.